1: Good morning. Nothing like missing that cue and having a little dead air. Oh, it was like two seconds. We're good. You guys were back. Thank you. Weekly
0: dish, yo. Oh, it's
1: been. Is it still July? It is. <laughs> it feels like it. Could be. As far as we know. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah. So we had a little Steph had. Can I say you had COVID? I had COVID. I said it. Um, I had a little family drama that occurred that I thought was going to precipitate me having to go out of town at the last minute. It didn't. But yeah, we could not get it together to do the show last week. So thank you all for tuning in, sending messages. Sure. Are you okay? I know. Yes, sorry, sorry fine. when
0: that happens. But I mean, my gosh, the world is not exactly the most stable place. So, and I know that you guys count on us to be a little bit of a a break from the craziness. So you know, apologize for that, but. I feel like, you know, I feel kind of good that I got through it. And now I'm in my little window of
1: you're in the covid honeymoon.
0: I'm in the honeymoon space where I feel and I don't feel invul- invulnerable. I'm very cautious. I'm trying to be respectful. But uh, yeah, it is. It, it is It isn't just nice to know that I don't have to sniffle and go. Is that it? You know,
1: you have. I think it's determined it's like eight to 12 weeks of safety. Yeah. So yeah, live it up. I'm going to Mexico. I know I'm going are. to California. I'm not, go- I'm like, I'm not yes! doing that. I'm still in the phases, but I am like someone texted me like, "Oh, I just got COVID." I'm like, "It's fine. I'm yeah. fine. You breathed all over me, and I'm fine." Yeah, and it feels. Great, and I don't mean to... It does sound kind of insensitive well, to be making light it's of not COVID, every, but. Yeah,
0: and it's not everybody has the same situation, to be clear, and there's definitely immunocompromised individuals for whom this will not be the... They can never have a hundred. This will not be You're great right. for them. So okay. that's why I'm still masking. I've got my... I have my N95. I've got... You know, I'm I very aware. I mask
1: in. Yep. Yeah, yes. like it's just good to be sensible. Yeah. Yeah. Sensible. Should we talk about sensibilities? Sense and sensibilities. Okay, since we got together... There has been the huge mask mandate that happened for the cities of Minneapolis, the cities of St. Paul. Then there was the VAX mandate for Minneapolis, St. Paul, St. Louis Park. No, no, all the way around. So, Thank you.
0: The mask mandate is where, in St. Louis Park, it's in Minnetonka, Golden Valley, Hopkins, um, and I think... Nadia, like no, and Rochester and Duluth, and that, and so, and Minneapolis and Saint Paul. So you have to wear a mask if you're walking indoors. If you're going grocery shopping, if you're, you know, going supposedly, supposedly, if you're going even like to work out, you have to wear a mask indoors. And that's interesting. Yeah, I mean it's indoor spaces. So, uh, and then the vaccination mandate is Minneapolis and Saint Paul, and that's the only cities that have enacted it, wherein you have to show your vaccination card in order to come in and sit down and sit down. You do not have to show your vaccination. If you are coming in to get takeout, if you're just coming in, if you've had an order, if you're just, and you're not staying, you leave your mask on and then you go.
1: I have such feelings about it. There's a lot of feelings about it. I know. And nor like I'm pretty for safety, but I honestly, in my heart feel like Omicron has moved so fast. It's kind of too little, too late and well, why are we punishing or penalizing just this specific sector of business? Right. That's already taken a hit. That's already been masking for their employees. They're barely that has surviving. to manage yeah. their they have to manage their employees getting sick. They have to manage how many employees they have anyway like it just seemed an unnecessary burden when we still just walk into Target and you know, yeah. It's just I don't get it.
0: Well, and so the idea of it is that, and now you—I mean—you have to wear a mask when you go into Target, like in the suburbs or in some of them, but not all of them. And this is like—I think the there's a couple of things that the restaurants are feeling beat up about, and one of them is the fact that, um, you know, the truth of it is, is if you're doing this vax mandate and you're not doing it all over the place, if it's just these two cities. Uh, then you're not, like, basically anybody can go to eat Edina yep. and totally doesn't have to do it. So then what you're doing is you're not, if if the idea is to sort of coax people into getting it, they don't have to get it still because they're just going to go to the suburbs, right? Yeah, and
1: the coaxing window has probably passed, if well, we're being honest. Well,
0: I know, that's how I feel about that, too. If you haven't gotten it because you have reasons, it's not going to be, I doubt that it's going to change you to be like, well, I can't go eat at Revival. Right. You know what I mean? Bummer. And so... I'm going to go get that vax. That's probably not going to happen. But the other side of it was um, it's confusing for them because of the idea that, um, you know, if it's to stop spread or slow spread, then it's weird because, of course, I'm a case breakthrough. You're a case. Yep. And we are, you know, so if the vaccinated are both getting infected and spreading it, then putting all the vaccinated in one place like that is not necessarily a safety guard either. And yep. so that's what restaurants are saying They're You know, they feel like. They feel like they're being targeted unfairly and being used as both a you know like a sort of a a band aid like a political movement, but also you know as to like this whole the idea of there's a lawsuit that is against the city of Minneapolis. And I thought that they said it nicely where they said we don't want to be used as a billy club. We can't be used as a billy club right now because we're almost dead like we're we're really suffering and january is the worst time to be doing this because they're basically turning people they're turning money away at their door yeah and that's hard. And it's not that most of them, and I think in the lawsuit that was brought up, and I think it's important to say, they said we're not anti-vax. We're not anti, we believe COVID is real. We're not saying that. We're saying that this measure, the specific political measure, doesn't feel like it listens to the science that's out there. And we don't understand it. And we feel like we're being used. That's all that I'm saying is what they're feeling.
1: The third circle of hell for me was to read the comments in the Star Tribune that accompanied that article. Right. Because... <clears throat> There's just the weird people that just have to comment on everything because they have no lives. Right. Then there's the uh, I'll just call them Karen's because I've been a Karen in my life. And my middle name is Karen. So there's people like me that are like the Uber safety people that have kind of stopped getting the point now because this virus has changed. It moves. There's different variants. We're at different places than we were two years ago. Like things evolve. Yeah. But people get stuck. Right. Including myself, if I'm being completely honest, you get stuck in your positions and you're just so worried about safety for your family, for your friends. And then, you know, you got I got it. Right. And all that safety went out the window and I had to deal with that. Right. You know. It's just, it's a moving thing. It's volatile. It's going up and down.
0: Well, and I think there's a lot of, I think that because of the way that it started, and Lord knows we've been here, we're into our third year of chatting about it. Right. And uh, we are, you know, the idea that it has become this, it's both part of your identity, and it's like, it's moral over medical, you know, because we don't know who to trust, and positions keep changing. I'm not blaming anybody, and I understand there's fear on all sides, and it's like, for me, I'm just, I really am ready to be done with that emotional fear space of it all. I
1: am too, and but I, don't I think to, it's easier. I don't know how maybe, to do that. I think it's maybe easier for us, us as in me, and maybe you, <laughs> to do that when you've had it. So now you might, there could be other variants that come. That's a very real thing. And you want <clears throat> to provide safety for your community members. Yep. But past that, like, I'm not. I I can't live in fear anymore. I can't live. No. And I'm trying to, I'm really, really trying to focus on
0: one thing. I'm trying to focus on empathy. And so that means that I'm trying to really extend myself to the people and understand, which equals businesses and restaurants for me. Obviously that's a huge space for me, but I'm also trying to listen to the people who are scared and who are telling me, you know, we need this mandate and this is makes me feel safer. If it makes you feel safer and you're going to go out great. And I want to empathize with that. And I want to feel, I want to understand that. So I'm trying. And teachers
1: and families and kids under five. And healthcare workers and and
0: teachers and all mm -hmm. of it beyond just the restaurants. I get it. And I think everybody is exhausted. Everybody is at the end of their wick. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like listen to when I hear someone, it was the guy in the cheese aisle, you know, in the New York Times. It's like, it's not about the cheese. The one who
1: was breaking down because they didn't have the kind of cheese he wants. Yeah,
0: all of that. And I get it. It's just unfortunate for us that. The service workers are the ones who end up being, you know, like the redheaded stepchild. They're yeah. the ones who get the beatings. So, yeah, I'm trying to protect that. And, and I feel like the more that I can empathize and then call out situations that I see, the better that it can be for everybody to sort of like level set.
1: Yeah. And I would like to say a lot of those comments in that article were like, oh, good. I have a list of places not to go. I know. To be clear, those people did not say they were anti-vax. They, I know.
0: This was the rise Bagel situation where they said you know, some places and said that they were just going to shut down indoor dining. A lot of them are saying it, it's because they don't agree with the mandate because of these reasons. It doesn't mean that they don't agree with
1: you being know, vaccinated but then, or protecting their employees. Right,
0: and then some people are doing it because they don't have the staff and they don't they can't really quite figure out how yeah. to make that happen. And then the anti-vaxxers are jumping and saying thank you for protecting our freedoms. They, they didn't do that. But then to me to say, well, because. These guys like you, I'm gonna hate you. Yep. That doesn't make much sense to me either. So. No,
1: but anyway. we have a lot of restaurant news coming up, and that more. does make sense yeah. because in the weirdness of all of this, there's places opening of and course. new things happening. And so we're gonna talk about that when we come back on the weekly dish. Hello everybody. I'm Stephanie Hansen here with Stephanie March, and we are the weekly dish. We are and we, we are just presented are. by our friends at Makers Mark uh-huh. and Jim Beam. And I got to do a recipe with Jim Beam bourbon cream. Did you, to Jim himself? <laughs> uh, no, but it was so delicious. It's like.
0: Have you had, did you get, you got a bottle of it? Yes, I, I had to, to find one.
1: No, they didn't Good. give me one. I had to search it out and it's not everywhere. So in these recipes, I was like, what if I can't find it? She's like, you can just substitute Irish cream. It's fine. <gasps> you know, <laughs> you got to do what You got to do It's still whiskey. Right. Um, But yeah, so I did. It's a. Uh, it's just it's a bourbon cream versus a Well,
0: I mean, I when I make my Irish
1: creams, I just make whiskey cream. Yeah.
0: It's basically the whatever whiskey I
1: feel I have on hand that I want to use. So my husband can't usually taste or smell. Right. And he's so, got COVID all the time. Well, and so when he actually did that was part of the thing that happened with us is he was sick for four days but runny nose and couldn't, you know, but that's his norm. So I was like, Oh yeah, your nose is going crazy. Yeah. And then um <clears throat> We went to skiing in Colorado, and then it clears up sometimes in drier weather. Mm. So all of a sudden, like he had a day, oh, where he could taste coffee. And
0: is it just like the best day ever? Yes. Is he like running around singing? This yes. Is the best. And he like day or
1: like he'll day. get like high end whiskey that day, and we were at, he did like a little whiskey tasting for himself at this bar, and I was like, you'd go for it, friend, because he could finally taste. Oh my
0: god, I can't even imagine what that would be like to have like. To be level set on like the lowest common like, and then one day open it up and it's like,
1: what? yeah, and then it goes away again. <sighs> and my sister who just had COVID too, she was like, the hardest part about it is like you don't realize how much your smell impacts your taste and your hunger oh, yeah, and everything. I'm like, oh no, I do because this is who I live with. And but you didn't lose your taste or smell. No, me I didn't. Either. It, it was I felt I felt like food was just weird. But I, it could have been just because you're so snotty, and you yeah, know, I just wasn't hungry because
0: I was f- feeling low. But I wasn't like, but I still I ended up still baking a pound cake, and
1: <laughs> well, see, there you go, like one does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Made chili, you know. Yes, I did all that anyway.
1: So much restaurant news is happening. Oh
0: gosh, you guys, there's so much. There's just so much stuff, and that's good. That's really good because, of course, it shows the resiliency of the scene. And that's why when we talk about like supporting them and we're worried about them, I'm not I'm not also not courting that whole fear that everything is going to go away, you know, because that's not true. There's a lot of innovation that pops up because of struggle. And that's a good thing. And
1: And that's a theme. I think, too, like businesses, if if and this sounds callous, but in any business you're in. You know, you're trying to save up your resources. You're trying to make your plans. You're trying to have a strategic way that if you get into a hardship, you can survive. Yeah. Some people are better at that than others, too, which is just the nature of running a business. Right.
0: And there's, you know, the January is tough. January is tough yeah. on everybody. And where is Minnesotans, you know, yes, we do celebrate the cold. Lord knows there's enough winter carnival and great northern stuff happening this next week <clears throat> to really get everybody out and about. But the problem is, is that. I think that these guys were getting, these guys already had just, they were on the very thin ice as it was. Yeah. And they were just starting to get, catch their breath and really feel, get us some stride. How many, how many metaphors can I throw out? But there's, you know, they're kind of in this space where this is just, it's just dangerous. I just got a text from someone this morning saying I'm taking myself off salary so that I can pay my staff this month. Yeah. So that owner is not going to have paid he's not going to be paid this month because he's going to give any of that money that comes into his staff and that's the stuff that you know they don't talk about it's not like out there because it's also hard to feel that sort of empathy all the time like i'm so worried about it it's not up to us to save them truly but it is
1: so we've talked about some of the things happening that are i don't want to say negative but the realities let's talk about some of the bright sides like let's pick up the sheet yeah yeah we had an opportunity, and we haven't talked since we did it, but we went to Nouvelle Brewing, um, Travail's new place, and really had, it's kind of a brewery with a little more fast casual feel, but the food was incredible. We had some just great food there Tach. i had tachos kurt had an awesome smash burger yeah we had a gem lettuce salad that i keep thinking about the pork belly curry yeah the green curry i mean that was a great spot i can't wait to go back
0: yeah and i mean that is one of those places that i think is um you know i mean like you can count on the travail boys right i mean like you know you're gonna get good food there you know the beer is gonna be good it just was a little bit of a switch from pizza to this other side of stuff and so i feel like I feel like you can count on that. Yep. You know, and I'm excited for what they're, yeah. For, and the fact that they're going to rotate that menu, that they're going to pull things through, you know, and sort of make it different. Yeah. Every so you know every evolve. couple of months mm-hmm. so that you get, you know, you get a new feeling for things. And they, I think they still do have the Bay of Pigs pizza. On there yes. In case you want
1: that. And how about FEMA? I mean, David FEMA and his son seem to be somewhat on fire here. They've got FEMA's in downtown Minneapolis that if, Anyone's had struggles, you know, it's the restaurants in the heart of downtown Minneapolis, but he's starting uh, a new place that's going to be called Mother Dough, that's going to be a bakery, an all-day cafe that's going to be in the Capella Tower. Yes. And then he bought the Ribnick building, which is real cool, in the North Loop, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and going to have like a speakeasy and yeah. kind of a... What it, Mediterranean, I guess he said,
0: f- well, okay. So, I mean, he's French, you know, yep. and he's like his French Mediterranean stuff. It's always kind of been there. Right. I mean, but like he kind of plays it lightly. He doesn't go super on theme. It sounds like he wants to do sort of a Moulin Rouge so thing. Fun. And so he's going to amp that up. But uh, let's get back to Mother Dough for a second, because I'm excited because I don't know if you guys know, but I mean, like he's like the bakery that FEMA does is outstanding. It's probably yeah. like the best that's the best part of what he does, I think. And it's sort of been undercut because of course he's not a bakery guy. He's a chef guy. So, and this is his mother's starter that he's talking about. So I think this is really interesting that this, and this place used to be, so, you know, the MSP mag, we used to house our offices next door to this space. And so we would go down for a piece of coffee all the time. And it's a great little space. It's a nice comfy, it's warm. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's fireplaces. The star tribune is above and I'm sure that they, they always, we always ran into friends down there. And so, there's a lot of great... I think it'll be successful. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Uh,
1: how do you feel about um, the new four seasons and how far away are we from that opening? Um, I'm going to say it's going to be summer. Okay. And that's the Gavin Case and Helmed restaurant. Yes. And, you know... We're sort of spoiled with Gavin Kaysen because it's like, oh, well, everything Gavin Kaysen does is gold. Yeah. And the Four Seasons obviously has pockets galore. Yeah. But I do think it's going to be a pretty swanky spot.
0: So uh, if you look in the Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine issue, that's a, that's going to be on newsstands in a hot second. It's definitely in your inbox if you're in your mailbox if you're a subscriber. Um, th- I got to walk through the construction space with Gavin, and I got to see what it, it looks like. And it is... It's going to be great. It's it's going to be gorgeous. And they do have a rendering on the website if you want to go pop over and look at it. But I walked through it and we walked through the bar area, which is going to be very cool. And then there's a cafe area that's going to be like in the lobby of the building that kind of goes, you know, that it's open to the street and stuff. It's going to be, you know, very significant and it's going to feel elegant, which I feel like. We haven't had real elegance. This is my food
1: trend was like elegance and fine dining and experienced dinings coming back.
0: Yeah, and I think there's, and it's not huge. It's not like this massive hall. There's like, I think there was like a couple, maybe 125 seats, I think he said. So it's going to be really interesting.
1: Yeah, we may pepper in some more restaurant talk throughout the show. We've got some trends coming up. I made some food. Imagine that. And we'll tell you about it when we come back on The Weekly Dish. All right. We've got all the food news for you today. We're talking restaurants. Also, um, we're going to talk about more food trends. And maybe this is a trend. Maybe it isn't. Um, But I'm going to tell you about some stuff that I cooked, too. There is um, definitely, like, this idea of more... Ethnic foods coming to the forefront, Steph, we've talked about it a little bit with, we talked about it actually with the tea place that we, tea time, that we talked about the other day with the bubble teas and um, the Korean dogs that we've talked about. Some of the trends um, that have been coming, we talked about 90s cocktails. Yes. Are we doing trends right now? Is that what we're doing? A little bit, yeah. I wasn't Um, sure. Also, just ethnic flavors kind of seem like they're running through all these trends, right? So uh, salsa, matcha, chili crisps. Yeah. Kind of more cultural. Yeah. Thank you. Is ethnic? What what does that even mean? Do we say cultural? (laughs) We say global or
0: cultural or, you know, cuisines. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Also, we're seeing that in like coffee, obviously being sourced from different places, A big trend that is not cultural at all is ranch water. (laughs) Why do we got to have ranch water is a trend? I haven't seen that. What is it? It's from Topo Chico. It is the tequila, lime juice and sparkling water. It's a huge drink on social media. And now Topo Chico has got an actual can called ranch water. So it's tequila.
0: Oh, it's a drink. It's not ranch dressing water. No. Okay, because I'm very confused here. <laughs> when you say ranch too. water,
1: I went right to that. No, it's tequila, lime juice, and soda water. Which is great. But now they're having it in a can, and they're calling it ranch water, and it apparently originated in Texas. Oh, okay, on a ranch. everything does. Okay. Okay, here's something else that's trendy that, again, I think harkens back to the 90s for us, and that's microwave cooking. Ugh. I don't like this trend. What I am is, not for where it. Where is this trend? This is in Food Network. Oh, I haven't seen this. They're, I can't open your link, so I don't know. The startup uh, microwaving is becoming more popular on TikTok. So there's 788 million views of microwavers on TikTok. Wow. Steaming rice with an ice cube, cooking food on the edge of the plate to heat it evenly. TikToker tricks. Okay. <clears throat> Fancy vinegars. Yeah. I'm all about this. Um, I just got some new shrubs the other day from our friend Alex at Sherub Shrubs and you know dry January a lot of people have been doing shrubs um I like just the way that they make you feel I like that vinegary yeah feel in my gut feels good
0: I don't I don't yeah I don't drink them as much as I probably should I feel like and that's another like you know I feel like I have them and I'm like oh I'm supposed to be drinking these
1: (laughs) you know what what I've come to realize about like non-alcoholic mocktaily things yeah it can either go sweet Or it can go sour. And the perfect balance is like a little sweet and a little sour. So if you use like kombucha, or if you use a shrub, or drinking vinegars, or fruit acid, like that's really where the magic can happen. But if you have too much of one and not enough of the other, it's like all about finding that balance. Yeah.
0: I'm, I was just like, I've been drinking a lot of like teas and things like that. And I was using honey to soothe the throat, but I realized I was sugar bombed out by the end of the day. I was like, I just can't have that much sweet
1: drinking. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yep. Do you know what chamoy is? Chamoy? Is it chamoy or chamoy? I don't know. It's, it is a... What is it written? Uh, code, it is um, a sauce. It's a sweet, salty, sour, and spicy Mexican oh, condiment made from chamoy. pickled sour fruit.
0: Oh, it's the same as... It's like
1: tagine. And it's increased, mentions of it have increased in menus over 300%.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, it's like the fermented dried fruit candy sauce. Yeah. Salty f- dried fruit candy.
1: It is, sh- it shows up in, uh, Baskin Robbins has a mango nata made with chamoy sauce, oh. which is some kind of a yeah. gelato, I guess.
0: Well, mango nata, you know, like when you take the mangoes and you hit them with like the good uh-huh. spices and stuff like that, that's, that's a good jam.
1: Yum! So there you go.
0: So it's basically made with prunes, dried apricots, dried uh, dried jicama, chili powder, sugar,
1: and some kind of acid. Yum! Oh, interesting. So, all right, that is some trends for you. You know, it's another trend. <laughs> what? And I cooked it, and I got real excited about it, and I was like, "Where has this been my whole life?" Okay, Stephanie, have you? A, you're a pasta eater. Yeah. Have you ever cooked your noodles in broth or sauce? Yes. Instead of water.
0: Yes. Is that a is that a trend now, too? Oh yeah.
1: That's
0: like baked it's a trend polenta. For me. By the way, baked polenta is about to blow up too,
1: just so you know. Like as in making it into croutons no, or just, like
0: just making it. Like everyone's like, check this out. I'm like, isn't that haven't we been doing this? Isn't this what like baked versus stovetop polenta? I guess, yes. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I'm come back to that. your pasta and sauce. I didn't mean to hijack.
1: Well, so Noodles cooked in broth, four cups, and I wrote three recipes because as soon as I started this, I was like, I made it like, I just kept going because I got so excited. So you are cooking your noodles in this broth, and then when they're kind of al dente or a little more than al dente, you start to add like the mix-ins. So one of my favorite pastas is anything with lemon. So lemon juice and then ricotta and then arugula and then salt and pepper and chili flakes. And like that's one dish. A little bit of cream if you want it a little looser. Because it's sort of, it's, you're boiling it's one it. one
0: pot. But you're boiling it enough so that it kind of reduces down? Yeah. Okay. And, and the sauce. Because be- you're making a sauce, you're not making a soup. That's right. Because I was going to say the most I do, this is when I make a soup. Like, if I would going to make a
1: chicken noodle soup, I actually cook my noodles in the broth. Yeah, no, it's a one-pot pasta dish. So, that was one way I did it. Mm -hmm. And then the next way I did it was making a loose tomato sauce. Mm. Now, I still have so many canned tomatoes from the garden this summer, so I still have some around. So, I just made it looser with a little broth, and I cooked the rotini is what I used for that. And I cooked it in the sauce... And then added artichoke hearts and red onions and kalamata olives and made kind of like a puttanesca. Yeah. All in one pot. Okay. Like, I mean, this is kind of a thing. Yeah. Huh? And especially like if you're in a dorm or... You know, and you've got a pot and a hot plate, you could really like get going like in a van. I mean, this is like I'm like, oh my god, we can Dorm do this in the van. Is van cooking equals van cooking. Well, and we're gonna get ready to get out in the van again in April. It's been in Las Vegas sitting there, but so a one pot van like situation. Yeah, I'm thing. like and it's so versatile. Yeah. Like you and I love arugula, but not everybody does. But you can throw in spinach or like literally you could even like boil broccoli florets with your pasta and the in the pasta water, which is not water; it's broth. Are you with yes. me? Yes. Or cut up like pieces of chicken. But you're in, not like, draining. You're
0: not draining no. anything. Then. Uh-uh. So that's the difference. Is like you're not draining your you're pasta. You're using all that
1: goodness to flavor the dish and right. then make sauce. Does it
0: get kind of muddy though? No. Okay. I don't think so. Because the didn't starch think so. gets off your
1: pasta and goes into the broth, and then that kind of makes it right more and of mean, a sauce. Right. And so that's yeah. And then the longer it kind of sits, so like I made it and then I boxed it. I kept making pasta and obviously Kurt and I can only eat so much. Right. I started feeding my sister's family. So I was putting it in um, Tupperware for her. And then like the next day she was like, oh, she thought it was a mayonnaise cold salad. It's like a casserole. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, you heat it in the microwave. This is like pasta dish. It's already all made. Yeah. But it does get because the starch, it gets like thicker. Yes. Yeah. So it's really quite if you're like at home and you have a family and you're trying to get like a four to six person meal on the table, an entire box of farfalle and you are golden. Yeah, it was really. That's good. I I really like I got all into it like (laughs) I could just keep going now and it's kind of like, okay, because you could use like butternut squash soup as the brothy base with you have to thin it. Wait a minute.
0: You're saying taking butternut squash Soup. Soup. And then thinning it and cooking your pasta in that. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. And then you sure have like eating. a squashy sagey, add some like frizzled sage, you know. Well, I mean, it's basically like, if you think about
0: lasagnas, I mean, when you don't, no, bake, no boil lasagnas, yep. you're boiling, you're using the moisture in the sauce yep. to cook your noodles. Same, same. Um, it's not too far from the congee that I make, which I made on the stovetop, which is seven cups of water, you know, to one cup of rice, but it just sort of soaks it all in. And then it's, that's the dish.
1: This is when I knew you were feeling better. I know. <laughs> I knew you had turned the corner when you posted that you made congee, congee. and I was like, okay, she's fine. Yeah. It and was, I never did bring you soup or anything no, nice. No,
0: I had some nice people drop some stuff off. It they was weren't wonderful. me, just
1: in case you're wasn't wondering. wasn't
0: you, and that's fine. You did bring me something that we should talk about. But Okay, so do we have
1: time? Or we no, have we a, have a minute or two. All right. So let me
0: just tell you with the kanji. I just want you guys to know, because I know I've always made it in the Instant Pot, and I made it on the stovetop because I was putzing around my kitchen, and I just thought, and so all I did is put a, a, cup, and a, a cup and a half of rice With seven to eight cups of water and you put it on, you bring it to a simmer and I threw in a knob of ginger and uh, a little bit like a little hunk of lemongrass in there and, and I use, but I use broth instead of water. And this is where I'm coming to you on this, but you bring it to a boil and then you let it, then you stick it on low and it's like 45 minutes with a lid on top. That's kind of cracked. And that's all. And then it was 45 minutes. And that was like, while I was cleaning my kitchen, that was just like, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And then you take it out and you can thin it with more broth or however soupiness you want it. But the rice just breaks down into this beautiful nothingness. How many
1: portions did that make?
0: I mean, I still have some. Okay, so (laughs) maybe like three or four? Yeah. It depends on how much you eat. Okay. But like, then I also thin it. Like, if I let it get really down and then it can sit in your fridge and you just warm it up with like a little bit of water and you just sort of thin it again. And it blooms to life. So good.
1: And then congee is kind of all about the mix ins.
0: It is. And so like I took a bunch of chicken and I put hoisin on it and I cooked that and that. And then I threw that on top. I always throw an egg on top. You know, some scallions. You can do anything like I I was just thinking I was going to braise some pork shoulder and use the rest of that with Mm -hmm. that. And then and then just whatever little sauces you want. Like I always put a chili pepper, sambal and, you know, sesame oil. Yum. Whatever you want. And it's good for breakfast. It's like porridge for breakfast, too. If you like a savory breakfast like me, that's where
1: you go. And you can do this sort of congee-ish thing with oats, too. Yes. And have savory oats. Anything
0: that, like, it's just, basically, you're taking this starch, and you're just, like, breaking it down. And it's better, it's almost like, you know, it just gets into a nice, soft, easy-to-digest, and easy-to-eat, beautiful thing.
1: Yum. So there you go. All right. So there's the one pot pasta. I will put a link. I have, I did these three recipes and I wrote them up. So I'll put a link. Uh, Kanji, and you're all set. So we'll be right back. You ready for Ask Stephanie portion of the show? Oh, yeah. Here we are. I'm just sitting here waiting for you to start talking. Yeah. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. Uh, We are taking your calls and concerns and questions 651 641 1071. If you want to know how you do one pot pasta, Give us a call That's right. if you want to know, tell us about uh, that. You went to two restaurants and one asked you if you have a card and one didn't give us a call. Yeah. Uh, Brian is usually a great person that starts out our weekly dish. Ask Stephanie portion.
2: Hi, Brian. Hey, Brian. Oh, hey, how are you doing? Good. Good. How are you? How you doing? Good. I want to first do a preemptive birthday wish next week. Oh yay! Thanks, Brian. How do you know it's her birthday? Next, well, she mentioned it once on the air. Yeah, I mean, you thought it was in December. <laughs> I still do,
1: Brian. Yeah. <laughs> it is next Saturday. Is the birthday question, show?
2: What was the first cookbook you ever bought yourself? Oh,
1: good question, Brian. Bought yourself? <sighs> I think mine was um, the Sheila Lukens and Silver
2: Palette Cookbook. Really. I don't know. Brian, what was yours? Oh, it's not the first one I ever bought, or probably the first. The Dead Celebrities Cookbook. Oh. People like Irene Ryan, of the Granny from the Beverly Hillbillies, would <laughs> have recipes in there. So it's a little bit off kilter, but...
1: A little bit. That's yeah. great, though. Yeah. All right, Brian, thanks for calling Thank in. Thanks, six, Brian. 651 one, if you guys want to call in. We'll take your questions live on the air.
0: I do think I... The I mean obviously I always talk about my Nigel Slater Slater's Appetites book. Yes, I'm just gonna say that was the first book that I read cover to cover like a novel. That was probably the first one that I did that one too.
1: I'm trying to think of what the first cookbook is that I read cover to cover. Might have been the Art of C- French Cooking by Julia Child. Oh, because we did had you an old copy up at the cover? cabin. Uh huh. That's a massive book. We had it at the cabin, and I just you was just like, kept looking at Julia Child French Cooking. We did get a person that texted me this morning, and she said, listening to you this morning talking about restaurant owners who are not taking pay, I work for a mechanical service company, and our owners are also not taking pay right now. The supply chain for industry is pretty bad also. Love the show, and both of you have a great week. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it is is challenging. Yeah, there's Um, definitely that. Lena is on the air with us. Hi, Lena. How you doing? Lena. Hi, Lena. You're on the air. Can we take your question?
2: Well, I just wanted to say I am super excited about this this vaccine at restaurants because I have been going out to eat again. And it Good. is phenomenal. And I just want to tell people who are willing to go who aren't like messed up like this is our opportunity to support restaurants and we have to do it
1: yes okay where have you gone that you've liked lena
2: well i love barbette um i just moved to the how neighborhood so i'm going to how sure today.
1: that's um, a great spot and,
2: you know there are all these ethiopian restaurants in my new neighborhood yeah. that i haven't tried out yet love it so i'm just excited to get out and be in a restaurant again like I yes missed that so much.
0: It's so I literally could not wait to get to the bar that I went to last night and I just was so excited for just sitting and having a drink. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah totally. Hey, I have a question about I do have a question now that we're talking. So we're going to the art shanties today at Lake whatever it's called. Yeah, now, Lake Harriet whatever Where should we go for a drink after that?
0: Well, I mean, within just a little bit of a distance, you got Linden Hills, which means you have Martina, you have Tilia, you have, uh, you can pop over to even the France 44, you know, they have some seating in the back. Um, there's so many, like all of Linden Hills is Rosalia, you know, the pizza place behind Martina has some great spot. There's Navia's Thai cuisine, although I don't know if she's doing takeout
1: or not, or just takeout, but Linden Hills, you know, Hello, pizza. Yes, yeah. Good
2: idea. Thank you. You're okay. welcome.
1: Um. There's a lot of people doing some great outdoor activities today. I was. Oh, thinking Oh my about, gosh! I was trying to decide if I was going to go to the ice sculptures. Festival. There's a thing in Stillwater with a yes. slide. Uh, we have Stacy on the line. Hi, Stacy. How you doing?
2: Hi. Great. Thanks, ladies. Love the show. Thanks. Oh, so chicken is you know hard to come by. So I bought a bag of frozen chicken breast from Trader Joe's, and I'm going to just try to make it. And have it on hand to put in whatever, you know, soups, casseroles, whatever. So what is your favorite way to make, what's the easiest way? I've got a pressure cooker and I've got a crock pot, but it seems like sometimes when I do it, I've done it in the pressure cooker a few times and it seems like it gets so dry and rubbery. Yeah.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. The only reason I do it is if I'm doing it straight from frozen and it's a quick fix, right? Um, but otherwise I would literally just toss them in olive oil and salt and pepper and I would bake them. I would just put them in a baking dish and I would just bake them at like three fifty.
2: So you have to thaw them first
0: then? Yeah. For that, I would thaw them. If you, if you have the time to thaw them, I would do it that way. If you're making like a big batch, that would be a good way to do it. If you're just going to shred it, it depends also if that is a good way. If you also maybe, maybe you're going to dice it, maybe you're going to do something else with it later. Um, but if you just want to shred it, I would
1: boil them or slow cooker.
2: Well, yeah, you could do that. And they don't turn out rubbery in the... the I've never done them on slow cooker. No, they
1: don't. And here's why. So you're going to put like two, three to four in your slow cooker with broth to cover. So like about an inch maybe. And you can season the broth too. And they end up shredded after six hours on low. So they end up cooked. They end up shredded. You can shred the meat right inside the broth. And if it's too brothy, you can dump some of the broth out. Some people like it a little drier. But then you can portion it out so you have, like, enough for this is a burrito, this is for bowls, this is...
0: So it's the same thing as if you boiled them on the stove. Like, sure. if you did a boiling a on the stove, it just wouldn't yeah. be six
2: hours. <laughs> yep. So is it, is, do you start frozen, then, in the crack You can, yeah. Boiling Yep,
0: Okay. Yep. either that or in a pot on the stove, you can do that. I mean, that's when I do frozen, you just sort of boil them in. I don't like okay. to boil
1: them on the pot. You want to know why, Stephanie? Why? Because you get that white, foamy scum. Okay. And that grosses me I don't me have out. a
0: problem with that. Yeah,
1: so that's <laughs> Thanks, a little lady. more than you needed to know. But Thanks. There you go, Stacey. And Thanks, Stacey. If you're like, again, I keep thinking about my sister who's having to cook all these meals for kids like having frozen chicken just or having uh crockpot chicken that's just in a container that you can just heat up and throw on a rice bowl yeah. or it's awesome well, I
0: do it I and I did that like I baked a bunch of them I just did a bake thing and I did a bunch and then I cuz I had some leftover you know I was like oh I should use these the frozen ones do them fast and then I just chopped them up and then like Jake used them in the butter chicken. He made butter chicken with sauce, yep. and then somebody else made a quesadilla with it. And yeah. having that protein just available, and I threw some on a salad, you know, it just was really good.
1: I did make a quesadilla the other day, and I mm-hmm. thought of you because I haven't made a quesadilla in 100 years, and I didn't even really like. Did you
0: make it in the pan? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I was like, oh, quesadilla. Stephanie makes quesadillas all the time. What do I put in a quesadilla? I don't know. Just cheese. I had cheese. like all this cheese and.
0: <laughs> just <laughs> cheese and some chicken? Just That's cheese. it? Just cheese. Yeah. Just pork, cheese. if you're lucky,
1: you know, carnitas. But. That's it. 651 641 1071 if you want to call or you have a question. Well, you can't oh, yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, it already went so fast. Uh the next break about the
2: No, M- we're talking about Are the talking MMs about when them? we
1: come back. You're listening okay. to the weekly dish.